Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. We have an awesome topic today, and this is for all of our awesome moms. Um, Dawn Barkley, thank you so much for being here. And let me, guys, let me just tell you who she is. Dawn is an award-winning author who has spent a career working in different aspects of the travel industry. She started as an agent with her parents' firm, Barkley Travel Limited and Barkley International Group. And then she branched out into travel trade, reporting with senior or contributing editors on Travel Agent Magazine, Travel Life, Travel Market Report, and most recently, Insider Travel Report. She is a mother of two and resides in New York, Hudson Valley. She also writes fiction as DM Bar and holds leadership roles in several writer organizations. I'm excited to have Dawn here because she's going to talk a little bit about her book. The title is Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse. Dawn, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks. I just want to make one correction. The, sure. uh, title, the title is Traveling Different. Vacation strategies for uh, parents of the uh, anxious, the inflexible, and the neurodiverse. Yes, yes. I am so sorry. (laughs) That's okay. I am so sorry. Thank you. Thank you for uh, correcting that. So, Don, tell me about your story. Tell me about your story. What inspired you to, number one, write this book and to support other travelers? Yeah, I was, I've been as you said, a travel trade reporter for almost 35 years on and off. And when I needed this book back in the early 2000s, it did not exist. So Mm -hmm. I did start researching it then. I interviewed uh, Dr. Tony Atwood, who's very large in autism circles. I interviewed Dr. Ellen Littman, who's very large in ADHD circles. And then I kind of hit a wall because there were not a lot of other people to interview that I knew how to access. And it wasn't until a group called IBCCES, mm-hmm. which is the International Board of Credentialing and Continuing Education Standards, came up with a designation called the Certified Autism Travel Professional that I knew how I could write the book because I could interview all these people who had had specialized training in how to work with people on the spectrum and with special invisible disabilities. And uh, many of them are special needs parents themselves, and they introduced me to their clients. Uh, So I spoke to those parents, and there was a lot more information out on the internet in 2019 than there was in 2000. So uh, I saw a need for a book, and um, I definitely knew a lot of special needs parents who did not know how to travel. In fact, a recent survey by IBCCES showed that of a thousand special needs families interviewed, 87% won't travel. But of those, 93% of those would travel if they knew where to go and what to do. So another reason that this book was needed. Wow. That is so interesting, that statistic. And it kind of makes sense, right? You don't know, you don't want to have sensory overload, um, you know, when it comes to your children and how other people react to children, um, which, you know, just brings me, I was reading an article about a few days ago on a family traveling um, from Aruba who were trying to get on a flight. They were on the flight. The the child um, was an adolescent um, on the spectrum, nonverbal and was anxious. 
And so the anxiety caused aggression and the youth began to, you know, hit the mom and the family and the entire family was kicked off the air, their airline. Um, you know, the, the parent didn't fault the airline. You know, she understood what regulations were, et cetera. Um, but what I found interesting is that there was an organization that supported the family to travel through a cruise line um, to get back home. Um, which what I what I thought was impacting because the work that you're doing is also just providing information to others and understanding that people can travel. It's how we learn to travel differently. So I just wanted to know if you can kind of um, comment on that, on the need. I mean, you provided the statistics, which was super important, um, but the need for others to understand different travelers. Yeah, I feel like if those parents, and of course, I can't speak to that exact parent because I don't know them, but it seems that my book is sort of dedicated, 85% of my book is dedicated to creating strategies so you don't get to that point. Mm -hmm. So how you can get your child on an airplane and have created a preview for the child to make the unfamiliar familiar because all children crave uh, routine, but special needs children more than most. They need to have predictability and you can create that predictability ahead of time. And so that's really vital. You also touched on the cruise line. There are five major cruise lines who have had intense training on how to take care of children on the spectrum, um, as well as cruises designed specifically for people on the spectrum through a company called Autism on the Seas. So excellent way of of traveling, especially when you have um, a family where maybe some of the people are not neurodiverse and you can separate and do your own thing and the children will be taken care of. So yeah, the, the keys to really what that family might've done, um, start small, um, introduce the child to an unfamiliar situation through role play, through, uh, videos that would show every portion of the trip through picture books that would talk about their favorite character in a travel situation, Mm. social stories, uh, which are stories, uh, a whole system created by Carol Gray, worth reading that book, because then you create narratives in the child's point of view to help them through any issue. And also creating uh, these mini experiences, which I talk about in the book. So for flying, you could go with a company called um, Wings for Autism, which set up travel um I set up a preview of what the experience is in the airport Mm. from arrival up until boarding so that part wouldn't be upsetting to the child and that's in various cities around the country also various airlines will have you come and and do that too they can provide tours uh tsa cares is an organization which can um set up somebody to follow you around where they offer the uh service and make sure nothing triggers the child or help you out in a difficult situation. So worth looking into that. The child's not used to, say, turbulence. You certainly don't have to be neurodiverse to not like turbulence. I'm terrified of turbulence. I'm not a good flyer. Yeah, so maybe take that child out in the car on a bumpy road, bumpy country road, and tell them to close their eyes. Mm. And that's kind of what turbulence feels like, at least when it's mild turbulence. Yes. Uh, Yeah. So all those sort of intro uh, strategies could help so um, that if the child, hopefully the child won't get into a situation that there's a meltdown. Also having a go-to bag, which has everything you need to keep the child distracted. Uh, Electronics and noise, uh, noise canceling headphones are always helpful. 
They are. They are. Don, can you just share what are some misconceptions about anxious, inflexible, and neurodiverse travelers? Uh, I think that most parents don't travel because they're afraid people will think that either they're bad parents or the children are brats who can't behave. And what might look cute for a two-year-old doesn't look so cute for a 13-year-old. And that's what they get concerned about. But it is not the child being a brat, it's the child having a sensory overload. So just thinking that the child can behave if they just pull themselves together is a huge misconception among people who, you know, onlookers. Another misconception is that you have to actually care what those people think. As the parent, your main concern should be your child. And there's a whole section in my book that talks about how parents of special needs children just deal with um, insensitive onlookers. But the key is really to make your child the star of your of your focus. Um, yeah, um, trying to think of other things. Other misconceptions are that you can just go on a trip without previewing the trip for the child, whereas the child should have as much control as possible and have some buy-in. So when you're planning the trip, perhaps you give the child three options of things that you've already pre-approved so there are no wrong answers and say, what would you like to do? Each day of the trip, what would you like to do? And not thinking that the child is just going to easily adapt to what you want. Perhaps you want to build that trip around the child's interests. And I do include um, a long list of special interests that children on the spectrum tend to have, along with where you can sort of satisfy those passions with different museums and events. So I think that's really important. Another misconception is that people don't understand what you need. There is a growing list of certified autism centers and uh, autism-friendly hotels, restaurants, museums, attractions. Um, don't think that a theme park or a water park is something you can't tackle because those are more and more getting trained to work with people on the spectrum, uh, having lower sensory areas where you can decompress, having signage that will tell you the various smells, uh, just giving you a map of where you can have a quiet place. Um, everybody's sort of getting on the bandwagon, so nothing is necessarily off limits. Thank you so much, Dawn, for sharing that. And I think that's so important. And I love that so many organizations, you know, I'm a clinician myself, um, are helping people travel and have different experiences where you don't have to stay home, you don't have to stay in your community, where you can feel um, accepted and where you can feel a part of the larger world. So this is... Yes, absolutely. You know, growing more and more. And I don't know if it's empathy or economics, but either way, it works. <laughs> it's worked, uh, exactly. Yeah. Another preconception that's really important to know is just because somebody says, someplace says we're autism friendly, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's right for you or your child or that it's offered all the time. So you have to do your due diligence and call them and ask how they got their certification, if they do have one, mm -hmm. what it means and what exactly they offer. And also, if you're getting the information from my book, double check the the dates that the whatever it is is offered, double check the addresses, because some places move, double check all the information because you want to uh, have the information correct before you get there. Yeah. Don, what are some other tools? I know you shared some tools for parents, but what are some other key tools that you can share for parents who are traveling with their children? Um, or family members. I don't want to say children because sometimes we adults. Yeah. Pacing is really important. Mm. Uh, you have to 
know your child and you have to schedule. Don't try to cram five or six things into a day when one or two will be fine. And then you can decompress by the pool or in front of the TV for the rest of the day. You might think, oh, we're here. We have to get everything in. But the truth is you can always go back. And if you try to do everything all at once and it becomes a disaster, then you've really wasted the trip. So I don't be so concerned about getting everything in. Um, you know, have children, like I said, have buy-in, have them help pick. <laughs> okay. Um, have them pick the clothes they're going to bring, have them, uh, maybe carry a backpack if they're able to with their, with what they want to keep with them, uh, have them pick out the toys they want to bring with them. Uh, and again, preview as much of the trip as you can ahead of time. Uh, even if it means staying at a friend's house for a night to see what it's like to stay in a house other than your own and a bedroom other than your own before you spend, you know, thousands on a hotel stay, because then you'll see the triggers right away. You'll see whether the child needs their own sheets and blankets with the familiar textures and smell of home, their own toiletries, a fan to drown out noise from the hallway, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That Those are all important tools. So, can you share some successes that parents have messaged you and said, thank you so much for, you know, this, it really helped. We had our first family trip. Yeah, none, because the book isn't out until August 15th. <laughs> I can tell you some of the successes that people I interviewed had, or some, actually a lot of them relayed kind of the, the what they learned from errors, which was very helpful. I mean, one father describe the fact that he now knows that Disney doesn't serve ice cream before 10 a.m. And his his neurotypical uh, neurodiverse child wanted it at nine and had a huge meltdown. And uh, he was able to call his travel professional and she told him we're in the park to go to decompress. So that one tip there is to always have somebody local or back at home that you can call for advice. Um, another mother, um, learned the hard way. She, she got her dates messed up and she um, left on a road trip a day early and then on the way down realized that they, they weren't due in for a day. And she knew that any change in routine would really be hard on her kids, but she stopped in a hotel and they spent the night in a hotel. And what she learned from that is breaking up that long trip with an overnight was the best thing she could have done because on the way back they went straight and it wasn't as successful. Yeah. Um, one mother learned that, um, you know, hotels don't always have bathtubs. So what she does is she brings a, um, a blow up, a blow up pool with her wherever she goes so that she can turn any shower into a bathtub for her kids. So little things that like that, there are hundreds of those kind of tips in the book that will help you no matter what your issue is. Also, a lot of people learn that, um, having a backup plan is a really good idea. There was a mom who on a trip, they were going to cross a suspension bridge and she wasn't sure that her child was going to be able to deal with that. So she arranged ahead of time with the tour operator that there would be a golf cart waiting. And if he couldn't do it, the golf cart would take him the long way around and meet up with them. And when it came time to cross the suspension bridge, he was fine, but they did have that backup plan in place just in case, which is always smart. So smart to figure out the trip from leaving the front door to coming home, break it down every single portion, which is what I've tried to do in the book. So you don't have to, and um, then figure out what your backup plans are going to be. 
I love it, Don. So you said your book is coming out in August. Where can people find you and where can people get the book in August? Yeah, it's actually available for pre-order now. So if they run to their computer and order today, they don't have to worry about missing it later. It'll be out in hardcover, uh, audiobook and ebook. And if they go to travelingdifferent.com, which is the my page, and it also is the blog that I'm running to supplement and update the book, um, there's a list of where you can get it. But it's all the places that you normally would go, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can go to the publisher, Roman & Littlefield. I've also found that a lot of independent bookstores are carrying it, but really price around, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be everywhere. I would encourage people to ask their library to carry it too. So for the people who can't afford it, it's available and they can access the information. That is great. Don, do you have Instagram or LinkedIn where people can connect with you? Yeah. Yeah. On Twitter, I am on um, traveling diff, D-I-F-F. On Instagram, I'm traveling underscore different. On Facebook, which is my preferred place, I'm just traveling different. Great. Thank you so much, Dawn. You have provided us with so much information. And I know I have a group of moms who um, have some children who are neurodiverse or on the spectrum who would love to hear this episode when we release it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for just sharing your knowledge. And these tools are just so helpful and insightful. Thank you. I would say one more thing, and that is that what I found is these special needs travel tips help all children because all children become inflexible and uh anxious when taken out of their comfort zone. So don't feel like you have to have a neurodiverse child to benefit from the book. Absolutely. You're right. Cause you could be traveling with the toddler who just likes their routine. So that, that is absolutely yeah. right. Thank you yeah, so thank much, you. Dawn. I really appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag beauteousmepodcast for your feedback.